0: The stuff of nightmares. Last week in Florida, a small airplane radioed the flight control tower. The pilot of the Cessna 208 was incapacitated, and the lone passenger had never flown a plane, let alone landed one. Time to learn. Robert Morgan was the air traffic controller with an unenviable job. He had to teach this Cessna passenger, Darren Harrison, how to land the single-engine plane. Harrison did remain calm. He'd been around pilots and had seen them fly, but he had never taken the controls himself, and Morgan had never flown a Cessna 208 either. So he looked at a picture of the plane's instrument panel and began teaching his new student over the radio. As the plane raced towards the runway at Palm Beach International, Harrison landed without incident and went home to his pregnant wife. Sometimes, reality is stranger than fiction, but the most shocking story of all is the greatest. Christ died for sinners. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Thursday. I'm Charles Morris, where we share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Unplanned. There are really only two kinds of people in the world and it's not good and bad people it's bad people and bad people who've been forgiven we're talking about a highly sensitive topic this week abortion and one thing that i keep coming back to as i continue to turn to scripture there's one word forgiveness ultimately this is the answer it's what our hearts long for and it's what our conscience plagues us with if we aren't so sure. In a moment, we're going to hear a story of forgiveness and redemption from a woman who grew up in a Muslim home. She was a very quiet and obedient girl.
1: My personality was always the peacemaker, uh, very quiet, just wanting to you know, be obedient to my parents and not cause any, uh, any trouble. And so it was the type of personality, if you're a pedophile, that you're going to want to zero in on.
0: Netta Hegera will be back with us to share how her abuse, to pregnancy, abortion, but then, can you believe it? Redemption in Jesus Christ. And after that, we'll turn to the words of Jesus as he talks about the power of forgiveness in our lives. But it all starts with being honest with ourselves, how we are sinners how we need a savior. And that's what Abby Johnson was seeking to do when she wrote her book, Unplanned. And now in the new movie by the same name, she shares her story and the story of many other women like her.
1: One of the most beautiful parts of this film is really encouraging people to use your testimony, use this mess that you were in and allow God to get the glory. For what you've gone through allow him to use it to help others to bring healing to others and to bring healing to yourself
0: that's abby johnson she was the youngest planned parenthood clinic director in the nation she believed that helping women meant helping them get safe abortions but when they needed her to assist in an abortion procedure one day her mind and heart were changed forever she saw the humanity of the baby for the very first time after this program i want to invite you to make contact with us and for your gift to haven today we'll send you a dvd that tells abby's story in a powerful way it's certainly not to be seen by young children it's important though to share with teens and adults it's a challenging story not always easy to watch but a story full of hope and redemption. Our phone number to call after the program is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And our web address where you can watch the movie trailer is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. We open now with Rent Collective, pointing us to Jesus.
2: When I stand accused by my regrets And the devil roars his empty threats, I will preach the gospel to myself That I am not a man condemned For Jesus Christ is my defense My sin is left the scars the way wait again
0: From their Good News album, Wren Collective, here on Haven Today, and Nailed to the Cross, I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me for a program called Unplanned. In a moment, we will turn together to God's Word, and we'll look at what Jesus taught us about forgiveness. But first, I want you to hear a story of forgiveness.
1: My name is Neta Higuera. I am an attorney and a wife and a mom to a two-year-old daughter. I'm the youngest of eight daughters in a Palestinian-American home. My parents came to the States after they were married. Um, They just wanted one son, um, but they ended up with eight girls, and um, so I'm the youngest. My parents are devout Muslims. My dad prays five times a day, reads the Quran. My mom wears a headscarf, and they live for practicing Islam.
0: Just a little background of a very Muslim and very conservative upbringing that Netta had. But things took a turn for Netta when her parents befriended an emigrant from Yemen when she was only six years old.
1: He helped my parents out a lot just with errands, with helping my dad find a job and things like that. And so my parents really trusted him. He was at the house every night at our house. He didn't live with us, but he was there for dinner. He would come over for breakfast. And uh, my parents really just ingratiated him into our home. And he zeroed in on me Um, and would just um, want me to go places with him, whether it was, you know, he would tell my parents that he didn't know, you know, how to run this errand for them. For example, if my mom asked to go get some dish soap because we ran out, he would say, well, tell, you know, tell Netta what kind and um, I'll take her to the store to go get it. And this happened often, and so he would, my parents would make me go with him and they would say, you know, please go with him. Um, And I, my personality was always the peacemaker, uh, very quiet, just wanting to, you know, be obedient to my parents and not cause any trouble. And so it was the type of personality, if you're a pedophile, that you're going to want to zero in on. And so um, he would get me alone and just started out with him, you know, inappropriately touching me in the car from my leg and just escalated. And it lasted from the age of about six years old to 16.
0: What began with touching eventually turned to rape. Netta said she just checked out. And now as an adult, she can see that she was being groomed for abuse. She said she tried to tell her parents, but due to the shame, she couldn't do it. So she tried to avoid the man's invitations to travel with him.
1: You know, I would stay in my room and just say, no, I don't want to, and really just um, kind of try to isolate myself or pretend I was sick or whatever. But my parents thought I was being rude and disrespectful, especially in, in our culture, d- disrespecting your elders um, is not tolerated whatsoever. And so I had no other option but just to silently survive.
0: At age 16, Netta discovered that she was pregnant. She didn't even think about telling her parents. As she puts it, Islam is a shame and honor system. And her parents had never been approachable about such things. And due to this, she wasn't even comfortable to talk about it with her sister. So she wrote it down for her to read. And that sister shared it with another sister. And eventually her parents learned of the pregnancy.
1: And immediately, right away, it wasn't, you know, they didn't ask if I'm okay. They didn't, it was just, their reaction was, we need to get this taken care of, and we'll go to the abortion clinic. So my sister um, ended up taking me to the abortion clinic the next day, and then from there, nothing was ever talked about, and even till this day, my parents haven't asked me anything about how it happened What were the circumstances, you know, so it's actually really um, hurtful um, that they didn't even care to not want to ask me if I'm okay or tell me, oh, it's not your fault or anything. You know, my sisters were there to comfort me, but my parents, there was absolutely nothing from them.
0: Thankfully, her parents did confront Netta's abuser and he fled the country. Netta says she found peace after this for a season because she was no longer being abused. She eventually went off to college, not wanting to look back
1: and I was um, very pro-choice in college because I thought especially in my circumstance, people should have this option. I never really understood what I had done or the gravity and then I became a Christian in my twenties when I was in college and Um, it was a really long process, but finally I started to understand, you know, what conception was and how God knitted me, knits us together in our mother's womb. And I started talking to people who were pro-life and really understanding the issue more. And then I worked on a, I went to law school, became a lawyer, worked on a case representing a pro-life pregnancy center, just on the constitutionality of the case. But then it hit me fetal development and you know that I took a life through my actions and I was pregnant at the same time Um, I had gotten married my husband and I were expecting our first child so along with just understanding the gravity of what I had done feeling my um, my baby move in my stomach and um, really just helped me understand it to grieve it and to understand God's redemption and his hope
0: Though coming to Christ was a miracle, Netta still struggled with accepting the forgiveness she now had through Jesus Christ.
1: For me, I had a disconnect between knowing that I was forgiven and knowing that everything's gonna be okay, but also that guilt and the shame that I couldn't even face. I didn't even wanna think about it. So knowing that there's hope that you can face it head on And from there be redeemed and not let that fear and that shame um, take over because the enemy wants us to just be quiet about it and be silent and not talk, not bring things out to the light. And so I would say there is hope and light and we need to talk to people to have an open dialogue, whether it's a pastor or a post-abortion counselor Um, or a friend, even like me doing this on the radio right now is incredibly healing every time I talk about it and own it and look back on how God was with me through it all.
0: What a journey of forgiveness the Lord brought Netta through. And I was so moved in my heart to hear who Jesus was to her.
1: Um, He's my Savior. He's uh, my first love and my Redeemer. My friend. Yeah, I could keep going on, but those are
0: just few. <laughs> forgiveness. That's what Netta Higuera found in Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that she has shared her story of redemption with us here on Haven Today. If we're honest with ourselves, we all long for forgiveness. We're all plagued daily in our consciences about past events and circumstances. Our past follows us. This is something that's becoming more and more haunting for those who use social media. Something you posted maybe a decade ago can come back to haunt you today. How many of us have been kept up at night by a guilty conscience? Memories of something we did in our past, something we're too ashamed to talk about openly, something that might ruin our friendships or even spoil a marriage. I've been there. Guilt eats at you from the inside out, and we need to know that there is hope. I know somebody's listening to this program today who's had an abortion, maybe been pressured to get an abortion, or pressured someone else to get abortion, and I know that guilt might be pricking your conscience even now. Maybe you're responding in anger, or maybe you feel like turning this radio program off because you don't like thinking about it. Well, yesterday we looked at John 3 and the story of Nicodemus and Jesus, and something that I brought up toward the end was that Jesus teaching in John 3 shows us that we can always find grace in the face of Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus that unless you were born again, you wouldn't see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus's answer was a bit humorous if you think about it. He turned to Jesus and asked How can someone be born when they are old? That's what he asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. You hear that, and you think Nicodemus just didn't get it. Jesus was talking on one level. Nicodemus was way behind him. Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus thought he was talking about a natural birth for a second time. But I don't think that's what was going on here. I think Nicodemus's question was much deeper than just a lack of understanding. Remember, he was a teacher of the law. In fact, he must have been important because he would only go to see Jesus at night as a representative of the religious leaders. This man knew his Hebrew Bible. He understood metaphor and figure of speech. I don't think he was thrown off by Jesus' statement. I think he struggled with guilt. Nicodemus had a guilty conscience, and he wasn't sure if the Lord approved of his life. When he heard Jesus say, unless you are born again, what I think he heard was a call to start over. He knew about sin. He knew he was guilty of sin. So his question, can a man really be born again, is really a question about starting over. How can it be that a person gets a fresh start, a new life? What about the sin they walk around with, weighing them down every day? What about our sin, our regrets, and our past? How can it be that we can find a new life? How can you and I be forgiven? Well, that's what Nicodemus was asking. And Jesus didn't leave him or us without an answer. In John 3.14, Jesus tells us exactly how we can be forgiven. He must be lifted up. Just like in Numbers 21, that's where Moses lifted up that bronze snake for Israel to look up to and then be healed. Jesus must be lifted high, but on a cross. And anyone who looks upon him and believes that he went there for their sins will be saved. How can we be forgiven? It's only through the death of Christ and only by his resurrection. You might have regrets. As I do, you may have done something terrible in your past. Maybe you identify with the stories that we've been sharing all this week. Harsh stories, but true stories. Maybe you have terminated a pregnancy and the guilt has just followed you and weighed you down every day since then. You need to hear that Jesus has made your forgiveness possible and it's not found in trying to undo what you've already done. You can't make up for the things you've done, not with the Lord. You have to turn to Jesus and look to him. He loved us, and he came for us, and he died for us. And if we have faith in him, he promises us new life, and he promises forgiveness. You don't have to toss and turn at night anymore, hoping to suppress the guilt just long enough to drift off to sleep. You can put your sin and all your life in the hands of your Savior, Jesus. It doesn't mean the past will go away, but it means he has taken the guilt and taken the shame upon himself. That's freeing. By his Spirit, you can walk in the light as he is in the light, so we can have a true relationship with a Father who calls us children and who will never leave us to bear the guilt of our past. I know.
3: Creation, the old has passed away, and I'm made new. I'm made new, and I've been adopted. The door is opened up for me to know you. been born again. The cross is my defense, my hope secure. Now my life is in your hand. On your every word I stand. Lord, I'm finding who I am. done.
0: Creation, the old has passed away. Lyrics coming out of Second Corinthians. Shane and Shane with This Is Who I Am from the Everything Is Different album. I'm Charles Morris Haven today. The program called Unplanned. We started our week together on Monday and you heard one of the directors and writers of Unplanned share who Jesus is to him. I asked Chris Rose... One of the other producers, the very same question that day as well. I was in church the other day and, and something from Scripture just jumped in me. I, almost, I even got teary-eyed. It's just the part where they say, my Lord and my God. You know, when they recognize him
2: after he's been resurrected, my Lord and my God. And it just, that, that to me sums it up. My Lord and my God.
0: The entire creative team of Unplanned had a passion to share Abby Johnson's story. A story about a woman who thought she was helping women but aided in the abortions of over 22,000 unborn, I'll call them what I believe them to be, babies. And then she saw an abortion performed himself, and she saw the humanity of the children, and she knew she could never work for Planned Parenthood again. This is a movie with drama, but it's a true movie. Like when Planned Parenthood sued her to stay quiet after she resigned. But it also tells the story of hope and redemption that we need to hear today. It did receive an R rating. But as Franklin Graham said, that's for recommended, not restricted. Though I would caution you to watch it before you showed it to your children, it's not rated R for language or nudity but simply because abortion is not a story anyone wants to hear. I Know Unplanned will help viewers see the humanity in the unborn child and show you through Abby Johnson's true story that healing and forgiveness are available through Jesus Christ for everyone who's been affected by abortion. Here's the number to call right now to decide the issue for yourself. The number is 800 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. 800 2836 800 2836 And then on our website, we put up the movie trailer. And you can get the DVD there as well for your gift to the ministry. HavenToday.org. HavenToday.org. Just before we go, I would also like to ask you to pray about becoming a Haven Parker This is someone who agrees to pray regularly, but also to give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing Jesus with others. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when, again, we'll be sharing the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word a wise theologian once said that theology is a matter of the stomach how you think and speak about God hinges on whether your stomach is full or empty the Lord's Prayer reminds us of that give us this day our daily bread but there's another sign Deuteronomy 8 3 man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Being without bread to eat is tragic, but having a full tummy isn't everything you need in this world. Bread is important. We ask daily. His word makes us whole. We're just beggars, holding out empty hands, asking the Lord for help. We eat and drink in His name. So, are you hungry? Get Anchor Devotional in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.